Dude, what about BitPay? Coming in strong, getting the point of sale terminals, yes. taking Bitcoin? Did you see that shit? Yeah. The world's getting ready, Corey. They're get, telling you, man, this year, this year is going to be incredibly exciting with what, what happens. 2016? Oh. Yep. I want it to be 2016 already. I'm done with 2015. I'm over it. I shouldn't say things like that. I've seen a lot of movies where it's like, slow down every second of your life and soak in your surroundings and slow down time and be really, really aware of your inner self. What movies are you watching? I watch a lot of good shit, man. Sharknado 3. (laughs) That was it. Oh, Cashback. Cashback was the movie that I was kind of... Oh, that was a good movie. Remember... Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, where every week we chat a bit about banks, blockchains, and of course, Bitcoin. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. And like always, my better thirds are enrolled in a crypto class. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you guys are what, like halfway through it by now? Um, it's yeah, not more. Is- Week seven or week eight? Is it week seven? I thought you were in like week five or six. No. It's closer to like five or six. They just have a couple lectures per week sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's going good. So who has a higher grade? Who's winning? We both have 100s. But I'm pretty sure. Someone better do some extra credit then because we need a winner in this. I don't think they're going to have extra credit. I don't think there's going to be a winner. We're both going to have a hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so easy to get a hundred. I mean, you got to be a damned idiot not to get a 100. Well, right. I mean, if you care about that, I mean, really, you're not getting a certificate. You're not going to put this, you're not going to like get hired because you took the Coursera Bitcoin course. I'm not. This is for general, general knowledge. If you are interested in how the protocol actually works, what it's capable of, what it's not capable of, things like that. If you want to get a little more all about the journey with real information. That's right. I want certificates on certificates. That's what I want. And it's objective. <laughs> so it's not like you're not reading a, a biased opinion on, you know, go Bitcoin. It's the future. It's like this is this is the protocol. This is how it works. These are its limitations, etc. And this is where things can go in the future. These yeah. are so it's you can draw conclusions however you want from it, but the material itself is not trying to sway you in any way. Definitely not. It's just all informative. I really liked the lecture on anonymity. I thought that was really cool how it's like pseudonymous and not anonymous. Yeah. And there's what... ways you can kind of like hide your activity on the Bitcoin blockchain if you're savvy. And then there's ways miners uh, can... can um, I guess mine or, or, or process the confirmations uh, in a way to that it helps people stay anonymous. I thought that was a really cool lecture and it helped me know that I should probably be changing my address when I'm, when I'm sending out monies. Yeah. So, some, some Bitcoin wallets automatically do that. So yes, they do. And yeah, they, they, but they hide it. So you don't have to worry about it. I mean, what I thought was interesting was, the uh, they mentioned during the same the same lecture, um, the type of issues that are raised with you know doing bad things on the internet and privacy are the exact same. It's just they have different moral attitudes. So like te- te- technology wise, bad people doing things on the internet and getting away with it because of a technology is the same as people not wanting others to snoop into their privacy. But yeah. one is, you know, morally good and the other is morally bad, but you can't have one without the other 
if you want privacy, you're going to also allow people to do bad things on the internet without getting caught. And so you can't blame the technology for people doing bad things. And that's what people do when they say like, well, isn't that the money for, for criminals or, you know, things like that? It's no, we made a really, a really secure transaction network, a way of transferring value that no one can, can hack into. And of course, people who want to do things that can't be hacked into are sometimes bad. Yeah. Same, same with cash, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't stop bad people from doing bad things, I think. Well, you can, like, deter bad people from doing bad things, but I don't think you can necessarily ultimately just completely stop it. So, Well, no, greed is going to be around forever. You're not getting away with it. It's, people want to get a, things without seven doing... That's deadly sin right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people are going to want to get things without having to put the work in. Or they want to do things that aren't legal because of some, I don't know, personal gain or problem with the rules. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go away because we're always going to have rules. We're always going to have people who want to skirt doing real work or getting on top of someone else. Yeah, people are always trying to take the easy way out. I like to call those people bitch made. <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you guys about your class anymore because it seems like you guys are doing really well and you called all of your peers idiots if they don't make hundreds so that's really classy oh yeah uh, so that's how we do here at the big no, it's, podcast it's, it's, <laughs> it's really it's really easy to make a hundred if you put in any effort yeah. whatsoever yeah yeah but then again it's also not the point so keep in mind that it's not the point of the class is to get a good grade and yeah. show your teacher that you have a good grade. Look what it's I can do. to learn about the material. Look at my grade. Look how I did. No, that's not what it's about. Well, it's let's, just... talk to, uh, huh? let's talk a little bit, uh, getting away from uh, the idiots. We'll talk about some smart dudes like uh, the Winkle Vibe. They got a lot of stuff going on this week. Yeah, man. I don't know if they're smart or I, or I don't know if they just always hang around really smart people. Well, and that's, I'm they're, glad you brought that up smart. because uh, Corey just told me that they did an AMA, and the first question was, "How do I make sure that you don't you don't gox me out of my coins?" And they actually hired like the the head of security for Airbnb. Like they have a great, te- they're surrounding themselves with a great team to make sure that it's like the best service out there. So I think I you're mean, right. I think it's a combination of a couple things. They're incredibly intelligent together. Yes. And they're also incredibly well connected, and so, they have a lot. I mean, they can. So it's it's, it's a really they good combination. Google. They have people from Google Wallet and Microsoft on their squad. Yeah, jeez, man, squad up! I like oh, how they right. do things. That's probably why it took. I remember I was on the old Reddit a while ago, and somebody was complaining. They were like, "When is Jimmy not coming out? I hate the Winklevi, even though I don't know them. I just hate their guts." And I was like, dude, chill, man. It takes time to do stuff right. Would you rather like them just throw some bullshit out and then it gets hacked and people lose their money and then people are shitting on Bitcoin again? No, I don't think that they want that. And so, you know, take your time when you make something if you're going to make it right. What's that old adage? Like carpenters use it. It's uh, what measure four times, cut once. Measure twice, cut once. See, I doubled it. <laughs> You're extra cautious. I'm extra careful. You're just That's in the garage right. measuring. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've taken three thousand measurements, <laughs> and I'm ready to do five cuts. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. But yeah, that's what they did. They've taken their time. Oh, that was weird. That was like that was the weirdest noise I've ever made. I think <laughs> they've taken their time. Uh, they've made a great looking exchange. The UI. I know, Corey, you were like, oh, my God, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's a good-looking website. It looked, it's incredibly professional. It looks better I, than my Trapper I Keeper. Agree. From and looking at the source code behind it, it looks it's, it's very well done. That's and they, still don't, they just still don't have a relationship with Zuckerberg. The last well, time they, they spoke to him was the settlement in 2008. That's called butthurt. Yeah, they're pretty butthurt. It's okay, though. I mean, look at Facebook. It's only a multi-billion dollar company. That they should have a lot of, but well, in their in their defense, hindsight's twenty twenty. They didn't know. That's true. According to the movie, all they really needed to do was invite Zuckerberg into their house instead of just having him in the foyer 
with a sandwich. And I think that movie was 100% accurate. <laughs> documentary in real time. Yeah. Yes, it was actually. It was a very well produced documentary. I, I mean, I think the only downside is it, you know, being in LLTC, um, you know, the Gemini Bitcoin exchange, the company itself can't provide FDIC insurance for its accounts. And then a lot of people will take, you know, that's their security blanket. Hmm. That's the yeah. only downfall I can really see right now. But you can't expect that to happen already. I mean, there's there's barely any regulation in terms of the government isn't barely even knows what to do with digital currencies. It's not going to be like, all right, well, you're insured with this thing we don't understand. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, they're definitely not going to insure it yet. I think they will, though, once more and more people start using it learning about it and they're like hey man how how do they how do you insure something like that that's international as a single government charge a boatload for it i don't know i I feel like there's some complications involved with that type with that level of governmental uh influencer you know being involved on a government level you're gonna have to trust the technology for what it is and not trust your government to back you up on it this is to kind of hold it, the whole idea of becoming your own bank. You you get you get insured with a bank because you're not sure about the bank. But that phrase itself is a little bit it's daunting, isn't it? If you're a newcomer, if you're a layman, being your own bank, and I think about banks and I'm like, whoa, security guards, vaults, shit, that's a lot of stuff. Can I really do that? Am I capable of doing that? Yeah, but you don't have to do that. There are services that will provide you with the banking services, but you have the internet now where you can research whether or not you want you want to trust that company. If you don't want to trust a company, you can do it all yourself. You took the air out of my punchline, though, Corey. I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, you can. I was going to boost people. Oh, like, my like, bad. Like motivate them. <laughs> motivate. <laughs> but you, you just Undercut dumped on at you. <laughs> yeah. Of course so you can. Look you guys going to use this or what? Am I going to use Gemini? Um, if I can, uh, I'd like to do some safe. Right now I'm using OKCoin, OK which if you don't know is based in China. And they do some scandalous stuff. I'm so about to stop using OKCoin. OK That's a garbage name too. It's supposed to be OK Casino, but it changed to OKCoin. OK and I was trying to, because you know I'm doing the swing trading. And it's going pretty well. I've now profited point zero two two six Bitcoin, so I'm up Bitcoin, which is good. I'm trying to get up Bitcoin and not up USD. Your profits so, have almost doubled in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I've, I've been doing pretty well. I'm starting to learn the sways, and our guesses are getting really, really close. So our predictions, I guess you'd say, we are professionals after all. But um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, Gemini. okay, casino. They, I had to change my password on them because I was trying to like do a transaction. I was trying to make a trade, and it kept saying you didn't put your password in right. And I was like, oh no, oh no, I put that bad boy in right. And then so I brought up their keyboard and put it in right again, and it didn't work. And so then I hit customer service, and he was like, are you sure you're putting in your password right? And I was like, man, I've been here for five minutes. I know exactly what I'm doing. And then, like, ten minutes later, I refreshed the page, and it tried to place, like, so many orders. So there was, like, a backlog of me trying to place the same order over and over and over again. So I was just like, crap, I hope they don't have my passwords. Are you sure that's not just your computer? No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because I definitely, definitely put the password in a bunch so you're excited about having a good old America exchange. <laughs> you you gosh darn right, buddy. I, I want my American exchange. And well, I, I want my guarantee you the Winklevi are a lot richer than the whoever created OK. Oh, they have, they have a huge percentage of Bitcoin and then yeah. invested. And they have a good holding of the entire in, entirety of Bitcoin as well as you know traditional investment strategies as well. They've got money. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I think they enjoy the struggle. Of, you know, building and creating, you know, they could be just chilling all day, spending their money, but they're still, you know, they went to high school, Harvard Olympians, they're hard workers. They're, um, trying, to, they're trying to put their winkle on history. Huh? They're trying to make the place better than when they <laughs> left it, I guess. Huh? Oh, a winkle in time. 
I'm going to let you go ahead and finish her winkle puns. <laughs> I think that's all I have now. Um, you might come up with one later. Yeah, that's about it. Should we go into the interview? Or should we keep talking? I kind of want to just talk. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more. Um, a couple episodes ago, we brought uh, we brought up Blythe uh, because she had a cool name. And we defended her. And yeah. Talked- well, now I'm about to throw some dirt on her. Let's let's really do it, man. <laughs> let's throw fire on her. That's a bit much, but let's. Well, they she sees she sees the blockchain as a key to improving post trade settlements. So she says, forget Bitcoin, embrace the blockchain. And for me, like loving the blockchain and not Bitcoin is like all wrapper and no candy. Like yeah. it's it just no, no, it's no, stupid. no. It's I mean, stupid. she's old, and she's you know she's the oldest person by a significant margin too at at her company, and. I don't know. She doesn't get it. The age gap has led to a clash of cultures between Wall Street veterans and technology startup employees. Like, I don't even know if they know where to put her. I think she's just out of touch, out of reach. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's some legitimacy to this. There's, there's certain things that the Bitcoin protocol will not allow that the general technology of a blockchain will allow for certain applications. So in terms of the global variability of what the technology can do, the blockchain is going to allow all these things. Now, Bitcoin can do probably a good percentage of these things, and it's, pro- and it's probably going to be the thing that does this percentage. But if you want to expand it as most as you possibly can, you have to start thinking about how to develop the blockchain technology in these other aspects, like, for instance, Ethereum. Ethereum is is, is is a different blockchain and a different way of doing things that allows for a lot of other technological advancements. But no one's complaining about its existence and it being and it's going to hurt Bitcoin. It's the same type of thing. Other things are going to be invented that allow for other advances in technology, but that doesn't mean Bitcoin's gonna fall apart and go away. Yeah. I don't think it will. It's it's the strongest blockchain right now. It's the most secure. It's got the most money packed into it. The most computing processes packed into it, secure in this bad boy. It's the most secure. I think that, um, who was it? I think it was the CEO of Coinbase, and he was like, why don't we all just focus on making Bitcoin the best technology that we can instead of like working on all these side gigs? And I bet Bitcoin would be exactly what we want it to be. But I think we've all found this community isn't too good at working together sometimes. I kind of, I kind of liked what I, I, I think about it in terms of, uh, in terms of mass adoption, what people are going to accept into their life as things to say. And Bitcoin has a good ring to it. And like, even when Mark in our drunk episode talked about, he called everything bits. Like I have this many bits or like, you know, all, you know, I get some bits in my wallet. This is something you can actually imagine someone saying in real life. It's like, how much, how many bits does this cost? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And you really have to think of a, of a marketing campaign that works with the masses in order to create a new technology that people are going to accept. And I think Bitcoin has already got a name and things like this that people will be able to identify with in the future. So there's yeah. no point changing it. I don't know. Marcello, what do you think about this? Uh, you know what? Um, I agree with, with Mark, uh, just the way common people handle this and the way they refer to it. And I think the terminology could be tweaked a little bit. What would you do if you had to tweak it? What would you call it? E-money? That new, new? Uh, something, something (laughs) relatable, but not silly, you know? Relatable, but not silly. Um, we, we still never like followed up on our slang for Bitcoin from the rappers. But I think rappers are so busy trying to make it, they don't have enough time to um, talk about Bitcoin. All we want them to do is just break us off one slang word. They just can't do it. Just one. I just we'll do another, we should do another round of, of, of requesting tweet blasts. Hot fire. Yeah. What we really should do is ask our audience what's up because we asked them to do hashtag tweet Gavin, and the only thing that was underneath it was like some random dude named Gavin <laughs> <laughs> from like yeah. ten years ago or something. Or Twitter's probably not that old, but wow. it was so long ago. Yeah. And the guy's name was like that guy Gavin, <laughs> and I was like, what? 
our fans don't do anything. I know. Well, let's uh, let's hear some hot fire from uh, Professor Wilmer at University of Pittsburgh. Tell about that that uh, paper. This the is ledger. a great interview. I'm excited about this. Corey, yeah. why don't you describe what the ledger is so our audience knows? Yeah. Just so what is that? So because this is such a, a vast technology and it has a lot of potential that hasn't is really untapped. Um, these guys have decided to create the first peer-reviewed journal that people can do research and submit into, and which would goes which goes through the standard scientific peer review process of um, your peers of the experts in the field will judge your writing based on its merit. And if it is within a certain standard, you'll get published into the journal. So you can access this journal and this is an open source journal. So it's free, which is really nice. A lot of scientific journals are quite expensive to get access to. You can access this journal and see what the current bleeding edge of research in this technology will be. This is going to allow for a lot of the uh, environment of Bitcoin research to really flourish in, in the, in the academic setting, which is starting to bud and will become a, a very serious thing that people will study when they go to university, go to their university. So these guys created the first one and we talked to them about it. I asked some, some questions on how it works and how they're fixing certain issues. And I'm really excited about it. These guys are doing a great job. I want to do something for science. I want to get a fake tattoo of a Bitcoin address QR code and put it on a stripper's butt and see how many Bitcoin tips she gets. It's not fake if it, you got the best code. <laughs> yeah. Just put a real QR code on it and see how many money. I don't want to tattoo gets. a QR code on her butt, but like a, you know, like one of them stick on tattoos. I don't know why yeah. I just slapped, like I was slapping. <laughs> slapping the stick on, on strippers' butts. Anyways, um, yeah, and then we could see how many people that the stripper could talk into, like downloading Circle, so they could send her some bits. Thank you, her, but thank you for taking that introduction and straight to strippers. Yeah, yeah, yep. you know how I do. You know, <laughs> I had to bring it back. I had to bring it back. Anyways, let's get into the interview. These are the guys from Ledger Scientific oh, the, Journal. The other guy is uh, Richard Ford Burley, who sounds yes. like uh, a president, yes, or a wheat farmer. He's well. <laughs> that's a that's a very drastic difference. <laughs> it's a strong American name. There we go. It's a compliment. All right, let's get into it. All right. All right. So uh, this first qu- this first question is uh, for you, Chris. Uh, you took a position as uh, an assistant professor at University of Pitt in fall. 2014, and you learned about the great resource offered by their university library system to help launch open access journals just like this. How far were you in the Bitcoin before you decided to start this? Well, I started using Bitcoin in 2011, so it would have been just shy of three years when I joined the faculty at the University of Pittsburgh. So I was already pretty uh, deep into the deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, if you will. Um, and, um, and, um, furthermore, myself and Peter and, and really quite a few people at that point on the Bitcoin talk forums and elsewhere had been half jokingly talking about how we really need a, a J Bitcoin, a journal of Bitcoin research. Um, so, so we had been talking about it in advance of my becoming a professor and, when I did become a professor and in the orientation, the university publisher talked to us about starting new journals. It really seemed like the perfect opportunity to launch this. Oh. Or I should say, to think about launching it. Um, okay. There was a lot involved between learning of the opportunity and actually launching, which really just happened uh, last week. <clears throat> so is there... A- is there anything in particular about the format in which Ledger has taken shape that is superior to how traditional journals function? No. Ledger oh. is a traditional journal. Um, it does have a few... Um, it has one or two features that traditional journals don't have, such as um, the authors are encouraged to digitally sign their articles and we're timestamping everything using the Bitcoin blockchain. But... Um, it's an interesting question you ask. At the time that we were 
just starting or thinking about starting this journal, other people around the world had also been thinking about starting a cryptocurrency journal. And there were broadly two camps. There was a camp that was trying to come up with a, you know, a journal in the spirit of Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency. So they would be somehow decentralized. The whole journal would be on the blockchain. There'd be um, smart contracts involved. There, you know, who knows what, but like a really advanced, futuristic publishing medium. Um, and then the other camp, which which I fell into, uh, and, and Peter and the others, was... Uh, the, the choose your battles camp. The real problem was, as we saw it, was that there just wasn't an academic journal within which cryptocurrency research fit in the scope. There are all sorts of problems with academic publishing that, that also need to be solved, but we wanted to fight one battle at a time, and that was just create a journal whose scope was Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency research and not also try and solve all of the other problems with academic publishing. So the, the short answer is Ledger is just a traditional academic journal. It's um, backwards compatible with the legacy academic publishing system. Its, its main reason for existence is its scope of research rather than its format or features. I see. Can I, can I add one thing? Because I, I wanted to say there is one kind of thing that I think sets it apart from, I think, the majority of journals. And there are a few that are starting to do it this way as well. But the, uh, the peer review system where we actually are going to be publishing the reviews alongside the published articles. I noticed um, that. Might be worth talking about for a minute, too. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, that, with, the, with the reviewers, you're allowing a somewhat synonymous community to um, kind of post why their the reviewers are allowing to show why don't I agree with a certain idea or a, a certain published article. Right. As Richard said, that's true. So I, I can name off the, the few things we're doing that are innovative. So we're doing this transparent peer review process where the reviews are published with the article, including the correspondence with the editors. I mentioned that the articles are digitally signed and that they're timestamped on the Bitcoin blockchain. Another really important feature is that the journal will be open access. So most traditional journals are not open access. You have to pay uh, rather extraordinarily or prohibitively expensive subscriptions, which essentially nobody pays unless they're already affiliated with a university and then the university library pays for them. Yes. Um, and even the open access journals, of which there are fewer, many of them charge author fees. So just from my own field, there are two uh, relatively reputable open access journals, relatively new. One is Nature Communications and the other one is Scientific Reports. They charge authors uh, one $1,000 and the other $2,000 to publish an article. Um and, and and research labs don't have the budget for that, let alone people who are independent scholars. Ledger is not only open access, but it doesn't charge author fees either. So, so it, it's free to publish and free to read. Uh, this is all made possible by an all-volunteer staff and a somewhat subsidized uh, program at the University of Pittsburgh, for all which right. we're very grateful. That brings up, uh, I guess, an, another a question that I had about this is with the academic landscape of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology kind of being, I don't know how you say, maybe somewhat muddled. There's not a lot of there's not a large community of clearly defined experts, and and the majority of the conversation that has happened over the Bitcoin and development of cryptocurrencies has been through synonymous discussions in Bitcoin in forums. And as a peer reviewed journal, how are you choosing your peers for review? I mean. For instance, um, um, anyone can submit an article about, and it may not be very good, and then if your peer review process isn't that good, then any other person can then say, oh, it's good, even if they don't understand it. How, do you, how are you keeping 
the academic integrity at a high level instead of having this surface level academia? That's a well, we good have a, question. Yeah, why don't you go ahead, Richard? Well, see, we, we have a, a, a range of experts on the board already, which kind of gives us access to, to, to reviewers that have already been vetted in a sense. Um, and, you know, on top of that, um, just like all science journals have, um, we do, you know, we do ask um, submitters to kind of um, suggest potential reviewers for their articles, you know, they don't automatically get their articles reviewed by those people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not one of these situations where you can simply just, you know, hand in three reviewers that, you know, you know will be favorable to your to your work. Of course, yeah. And we're not just going to automatically go along with that or anything. So, I mean, there's a it's a it's a push and pull kind of thing. But um, I think by keeping it really open, um, I think that'll help to keep us honest as well. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that also ties into your, your decision to make everything, um, the reviews also published with the journal so that if, if there is some type of conflict of interest, that would be pointed out rather quickly. Yeah, and as well, we also have a, what's called a wavered single blind process. Mm-hmm. So um, by default, yeah, the reviewers will be anonymized, but we can actually, we're actually having a system whereby they can request to waive that anonymity. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from, coming from the academic side of things, we actually think that's a real benefit because um, because review is work, right? If you're if you're going to review articles, you, I mean that's a lot of work, and it's something you don't right now in academia get much credit for. You know, you, you've got the publisher parish stuff going on, but you don't get any of the credit for all the uh, what they call service work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we think maybe if we can if we can actually make people realize that this is work by by having people claim, yeah, you know, I I did that review, this review was published. It's something they can add to their kind of, maybe not their CV, but, you know, something along those lines. Too. It allows them to, to put more credence to their name, just, you know, put their name behind what they've done. Exactly. Uh, so, like, on top of that, I mean, because you, this is an open access journal, you have, I mean, in today's, you know, traditional academic journals, you have somewhat of a stratum of notoriety where, for instance, you can publish in Nature and this carries a large amount of weight with acceptance rates of being very low. Or you can publish in some esoteric journal that no one's heard of, and it's not going to get read, but it's easy to get accepted into. Um, how does Ledger see itself in this type of, in regards to this topic? Do you see it as being harsh on acceptance and or easy on acceptance with a, wide, with a very wide range of quality? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think it will depend. So... <clears throat> In the future, if we're receiving, if if the field of cryptocurrency research grows by an order of magnitude, if the volume of submissions grows by an order of magnitude, um, we, you know, the ledger will probably become increasingly selective. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, it's essentially a threshold. We... Articles submitted to Ledger need to um, need to be written in a scholarly way. They need to adequately defend their work. Like all scientific research, the results don't have to be correct. Um, lots of science is later proven wrong, but it has to be well defended enough that um, it passes the peer review process. Um, and... <clears throat> And, um, and and provided that it's novel and well-defended, it, it will be published. If we are getting millions and millions of submissions, um, then, um, well, not millions, but say, you know, hundreds in an issue where we can't fit, fit them all, mm-hmm. then we'd probably start being, being selective. And you'd have this similar dynamic as with other journals. Yeah. There are other models out there. So there's a journal called PLOS One that does not judge based on merit at all. So as long the the reviewers are asked specifically to only comment on the technical merit of the work, uh, technical, not merit, whether the whether the uh, research is is technically valid, like whether the methods yeah. are appropriate, and that's it. If that if it passes that bar, it's published. It's all online, and so they. So they publish thousands and thousands of articles, but that's 
they're the only journal I know of that does that. And um, we're not necessarily going to go in that direction, but it's still early days. You know, that, that might be a model we'd consider. This is still a, quite a big experiment with you guys being the first ones. Right. Uh, uh, a, lot, a lot will depend on, on the volume and quality of the submissions. So with, with that, with the, and, and you, you guys are facing a lot of difficult fronts with creating the first academic journal and it being it covering all aspects of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. I mean, a lot of different areas of research are coming together um, in this in this technology space that have never been put together at the same time. For instance, you have finances, economics, cryptography, networking, computation, all of these things that are drastically different coming together in a single technology. How are is Ledger going to deal with placing these submissions into some respective subject group or are they um, essentially just all go into all go into the pile and whatever gets submitted that has merit gets put into the same same uh, journal article. Well, for now, um, it's one journal. In the future, the journal might split into sister journals. So the same way that Nature has now uh-huh. split into Nature Physics, Nature Chemistry, Nature Biology. Who knows? Maybe someday Ledger will. There'll be so many submissions that we'll have. Ledger economics, ledger cryptography. Uh, That's definitely a future I hope for. (laughs) Yeah, uh, us too. Um, In the shorter term, again, it all depends on on the volume of submissions. We might, at least on on the website, um, allow readers to sort of browse by by category. Of course, most, most people will use some sort of search method. And so how we group the articles probably won't matter too much. That's true. Probably just keywords or something like that. So mm-hmm. parse through that. Cool. Well, uh, switching gears a little bit. Um, Chris, I know you were the, the co-author and Richard, you contributed substantial editorial help towards uh, Bitcoin for the befuddled. And as if you guys weren't busy enough, um, any talks about a sequel, second book? Oh, uh, that might be that might be warranted. Um, the the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency space evolves so quickly. I um, it's, I shudder to think how out of date that book will will read in just another year or two. Oh God! Yeah, the whole thing on on settlement layers. Did we just get a breaking story? Did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> Round two. Of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, people always want to try to put evergreen content into a subject on Bitcoin, but it's almost impossible. It's just ever evolving. Yeah, it, it everything moves so fast. Yeah, but... I mean, we tried to we tried to stick to what we hope are basics that wouldn't change for a long time. I was worried a little bit. You know, the introductory chapter talks about Bitcoin addresses, and around the time we were writing that. Um, Gavin, um, I think it was just, uh, the ink was drying on BIP70, I believe, which is this payment protocol, which in theory facilitated, uh, made it possible for everyone to move away from Bitcoin addresses and use, um, use like human readable names with these certificates, um, in which case the, that, the very introduction of the book would have become obsolete almost immediately, but it looks like that hasn't happened quite yet. So, I guess I'm, I'll take the layman's voice. How does a scientific journal, I guess, um, I don't want to say benefit, but I'm going to say benefit the greater, <laughs> sorry, the greater Bitcoin community? I mean, what, can, is it so like anybody can just go into this wealth of knowledge and research that has been done and then start plucking out things and maybe building stuff? Because I don't know much about uh, scientific journals, so I just want to know how that. Well, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say something quickly and then and then ask you to elaborate. Okay. Um, which is that I just want. I'm sorry. Sorry, Richard. There's a little delay there. I keep jumping in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, please, Richard. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go. Yeah. Ready? 
So the um, ledger, we hope, will benefit two distinct communities. One is it'll benefit academics who were interested in cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin, but didn't really have a venue for their output. And academics are very concerned with citations and, and proving that they've been productive. And so for whatever reasons, it's not it doesn't count if you uh, write forum posts. Maybe that'll change in the future, but for now it doesn't. You need to publish in a peer-reviewed journal. So great. Now they can do that and they can publish their articles in Ledger. And so we hope to get more academics involved um, by giving them this venue. Now that in turn, we think, will help the Bitcoin ecosystem a lot because it'll bring more, it'll bring more academics out of the woodwork. So there'll be more um, smart people thinking about problems in the Bitcoin ecosystem that can contribute to help solving them. Um, and, and essentially, and another sort of um, related benefit of Ledger is that it provides a certain filtering on on the ideas that get put out there. So it raises the signal to noise ratio. Because, um, you know, all of the good ideas are out there on the internet, but they're, they're swimming in a sea of, of confusion and, and, and less well articulated ideas, to put it that way. Nice Whereas um, <laughs> we hope that Ledger will be, no, not all the ideas there will be necessarily correct, but that they'll be, um, Focused. Better articulated, more focused, better defended. Um, so, but but yeah, Richard, you know, feel free to elaborate on. on well, I'm actually something very similar. Just the idea that it's it's a little more curated, it's a little slower than things on the internet, and I think actually that, in in a sense, that's actually you know, it's, it's not it's not a bug, it's a feature, right? I mean, people argue like, well, how is it going to keep up? How is it going to keep up? Because you got to get through all these steps, but those steps provide something that the conversation currently has been lacking. So, you know, we can actually create this complementary discourse between, you know, the, the, the high the high paced conversation on the internet and then um, the academic peer reviewed pace, which is slightly slower but more considered. So I think between the two of them, because you know, once once Ledger releases an article, then people can debate it online to their heart's content and maybe something that'll come out of that will be another formal submission to Ledger that, you know, gets stuck in the public record um, in the, the generated discourse of, uh, of the journal. So um, I think, you know, I think it's, it's a matter of kind of building something that goes back and forth between what we have now and, and, and adding something new to that. If, if, nice. if, I, if I may add on to that, um, it also allows for this type of research to take place in an academic setting. Um, before the internet, you didn't have majors in a lot of academic research going towards internet type activities. And now you have, you have complete lines of study that are dedicated to making the internet a better place and the technologies behind the internet. Whereas now you don't have an academic setting for blockchain technologies or Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. And in the future, you're going to, and these jobs are going to need to be filled and the educations are going to need to take place. So this allows for grants to happen and academic research to take place and fund these, and fund these types of, these types of uh, research. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I should point out in case, um, you didn't know, although maybe you probably do. So one of our editorial board members, Elaine Chi, was recently awarded a, with some collaborators, I believe a $3 million grant from the National Science Foundation to study cryptocurrencies. Wow. And that yeah. wasn't the first. There were some smaller grants uh, in the prior year. but um, So there are already government grants for cryptocurrency research, and there already are courses offered by at Duke and at Princeton and Stanford. So this is all happening a little more quickly than I would have anticipated. But so we, so Ledger, in a certain sense, already fits into um, what you were just talking about. Yeah, this is this is allowing that to happen in a much more seamless manner. Like people could have have a place to put their fruits of their labor. Mm -hmm. mm. I like that. I like the way you put that. Nice place to put the fruit. Well, 
who who wants to be in in the hot seat, Chris or Richard? Richard. Okay, I can go in the hot seat. Okay, good, good. So, can you describe Bitcoin for us in ten words or less? The world's first digital decentralized currency. Pow, pow. That's six All right. words. Well done. You're the <laughs> first guest in like seven weeks to get it right. <laughs> Usually we get a, uh, a, a biopic script, like just hundreds of words. On sure. Bitcoin. So good job on getting six words. That's yes. way under 10. So. I essentially gave up on the explaining part, but that's how I would label it. We're using 10, 10 words or less. There we Ooh. go. We should change the verbiage. Yeah, how would you label Bitcoin? Maybe that trips people up. No, I like the way it is. Sometimes I like the description is all in the name. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, thank you, Chris. Richard, of course. For stopping. I'm sorry by. if I uh, if I asked a little too deep. I, I'm I'm really interested in this, and I'm and I'm I'm really hoping for this to work out in a in a, in a major way. Well, well, might we get any submissions from you? Uh, I should hope so, if I could find the time to get away from my research. <laughs> okay. When's the deadline? Yeah, I, it's it's end of the year, right? For the first issue, but well, there'll be more issues, so that you don't have to... We're all busy with other, with other things, we understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really know how to write a scientific <laughs> article, so it'll be like Skittlecoin. So you guys would probably be like, get that guy out of here. Yeah, we're working on we're working on trying to help people who don't know how to write scientific articles to get up to the level where they can submit the writer to. So we're working on that. Actually, that's a good point. Um, um, maybe if we're still recording, um, Richard, do you want to elaborate on the recent? Do you remember what Andrew was going to write to help people who maybe aren't as familiar with uh, scholarly writing? Yeah, I mean, Andrew is going to be putting up uh, a post in the, it's going to be the announcement section, I think. Um, but it might, uh, it's going to be on the website, certainly somewhere. Um, with some basic general guidelines, trying to, you know, I mean, the, there are so many brilliant people in the, in the Bitcoin, you know, blogosphere kind of area who maybe don't have, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the rhetoric of, of academic journals downright or the, the formatting, right? But they, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe they're missing something that normally people consider pretty common, which is they have a literature review. Um, but like the ideas are all there. So it's just a matter of kind of, you know, pointing out maybe just a list of things that like they can, they can check off and go, oh, yeah, I've got that part. I've got that part, you know? Um, cause we're really inter- We really are just so interested in, 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 we don't want to make this an ivory tower thing. We don't want to lock people out. We want we want to we want to bring more people in. So that's kind of the direction. We're but at the same time, there needs to be a standard of of, of readability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, exactly. In, but instead of instead of um, excluding people, we want to bring everyone up to that standard if possible. That's great. So, and I think there will be on one of the new Bitcoin forums, the one that is bitco.in. Um, there is a thread um, about the journal Ledger, and either in that thread or as sort of an adjacent thread, we're going to have a place where people can post their early drafts of papers or white papers and just get informal feedback um, from all sorts of interested reviewers before submitting officially to the journal where where at that point the, you know, the standards, the bar will be set fairly high and it'll may or may not go out for peer review depending on whether it's above a certain um whether it meets all the right criteria and then of course the reviewers might be you know they'll go at it with full force at that point um so anyway your maybe some of your listeners might benefit from this knowledge about the forum great we'll have to put that in our show notes you know what they say build it and they will come (laughs) that's what Mm -hmm. they say i think i saw that in a documentary once (laughs) <laughs> um well thank you very much Chris and Rich. we appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule launching ledger and everything and, and to to stop by the bitcoin podcast and hang out with us a little bit and um 
Yeah. Absolutely. It was Absolutely it was our pleasure. Problem. Great. Good deal. Alrighty. Well. All right, thank bye. Okay. Bye, Marcello. Bye, Corey. Right. Bye, Dimitri. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Hey everybody, welcome back. That was Mr. Christopher Wilmer and Richard Ford Burley, or as I like to call them, Dr. Octopus and Dr. Doom. And they're bringing you the scientific journal called Ledger. If they you want to get misters. really sciencey, huh? What? So they are not misters. They're not? They are they're doctors. doctors. That's right. They are doctors. Dr. Doom and Dr. Octopus. And they're bringing you the Ledger. It's awesome. If you want to get really sciencey, you want to go out and take some measurements using Bitcoin? You want to go out and run some simulations using Bitcoin? And then write up a science paper? Put it in a ledger. And they're going to tell you if it's Bam. good or not. Yep. And they also, due to the quick thinking advice of Corey, are going to try and do some sort of like tutorial thing, right? Where they teach you how to write a scientific journal. Or scientific article. What they've done is essentially set out their guidelines for the journal article in the form of a paper itself. So you can just by reading that paper, you can get an idea of what a paper should look like and what type of information it should contain and the formatting you should have when submitting a journal article. Cool. And that's and that's that allows them to not spend so much time worrying about or fiddling with um, trying to read your paper or making sure it's in the right format so it's uniform and really getting the content of what you're saying. Yeah. Did you enjoy that interview much, much more than usual, Corey, because you were hanging out with your homies? Well, it's, I don't know. I, I find it to be what is necessary for this to thrive and, and grow into something that's going to be um, in a, a large research area. Mm-hmm. And if schools want to have curriculums that involve Bitcoin and research needs to be funded for Bitcoin. There needs to be a place where people can publish to that is, that is, that is credible and you need a journal, you need a journal to do this. And if your journal is incredible, isn't credible, then it's, it it has no weight. It's like, Oh, I published in so-and-so. Well, there are a bunch of hacks. So that's kind of why I was a little more, critical on them is because I want to make sure that there's doing, they're starting something that is going to allow the Bitcoin community to thrive and the blockchain technology to grow into what it, what it can be. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really excited about this and I think they're, you know, they're doing it right and allowing for this type of thing to grow. I think it's going to be, become the legion of Bitcoin. There's going to be so many smart people working on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just going to grow and take over the planet. Over or the whole it damn might be a plan. total failure. There no, it is won't be. that it option. It, there's the, the, the tech, it's just like the internet. It's like saying the internet's going to be a total failure. It's it's been invented. The and there are sucks. too many smart minds that just start imagining possibilities with the technology that it it has to thrive because the it's like because it's been invented, it's going to take over. There's nothing we can do about it now because it's just a better way of doing things. And allowing an article or a journal like this where people can publish into it and share the information allows the, the, the velocity of the growth to accelerate much, much faster. Yeah. I was just playing devil's advocate. It's going to be good. It's going to be here to shut you down, son. Uh, Dude, when you were like, that's like saying the internet isn't going to be good. It was pretty funny for me because it reminded me of a time I was talking to somebody and they said, I don't use the internet, I use Facebook, and I just wanted to, like, I, just, I don't know, I wanted to stomach punch that person. I'd never been so taken aback by dumbness. You remember, you remember how we were talking about how my mom is, like, so behind the times? Well, I told her to Google something last week, and she said, do I have to go to Facebook first and then type in Google? You should have said yes. You should have said yes. <laughs> you should have given her that, uh, <laughs> let me Google that for you link. <laughs> yeah so that was a real thing that happened i but, wonder uh, if facebook uh has any metrics for how many people have put google in the search bar up top on facebook <laughs> google and then they delete it real quick like oh that uh, let's get rid of it <laughs> yeah get rid of the evidence get rid of it 
You know, it's funny. That's just something I've experienced uh, throughout getting my PhD and going to different conferences and t- seeing seminars and talks from these, you know, the greatest minds of our time, especially in the, in the you know, computational science court, like uh, area. It, despite understanding the theoretical framework for how computers work and how to do things on a computer, their ability to understand technology is still comical. Like watching a, a, a large group of PhDs try and turn a projector on and use it correctly is hilarious. <laughs> and it's, you, it's ubiquitous across all places. It's like there's only one guy that knows how to do it, and, but everyone <laughs> thinks they know how to do it. And something happens, and it just turns into a, a bunch of monkeys throwing shit at each other. Little Monty Python music. I don't even help them because I find it too funny to just watch them do it. Trying to plug the HDMI into the VGA. Like, I don't know why it's not. You'd think one of those pins could just fit right in. I don't. You hear one guy giving advice that's just really terrible, but he's really confident in his advice because he does it with his projector and it's just completely different or something like this. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like, wow, guys. All right. That's, that's something you should record and put into a compilation with some yeah. music to it. That's, 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 that'd be good for the scientific community. Yeah. Be good laugh. <laughs> that'd be funny. That's something I might do when I have all free time. Yes, that's very true. So, what else were we talking about? So, we talked about Jim and I a little bit before the break, before the interview. And we also discussed... We didn't discuss... Uh, well, we can BitPay. discuss... Uh, let's discuss BitPay, but something I wanted to bring up is I, w- I did go to the ATM today, the to Chase. And <laughs> I saw a giant portrait of Venus Williams there trying to get me to bank with Chase which is super ineffective, but it got me thinking like you were saying that Bitcoin needs a celebrity endorsement. It and does. I, I was thinking that, um, but then like I see Serena Williams in my face. So it got me thinking like what celebrity endorsement would work. And Mike Tyson doesn't count. Mike Tyson does not count. Why not? Cause he doesn't Dude. even get Bitcoin. Corey. He does now. He's got like a partial, he, he, I think he gets, Equal shares of whatever the profits are for the Mike Tyson Bitcoin ATMs. 20? We'll discover this soon when we interview him. We we don't have Mike Tyson. We're never going to get Mike. We got the people for Mike Tyson ATMs. We got Mike Tyson's people. We're going to yeah. talk to Mike. Ty- Here's the yeah. thing about Mike Tyson, Corey. Twenty percent of his face is tattoo. I don't people care. don't take people like that seriously. I care, man. I swear to God. But that's I, we talked about this before. If you saw something on the street, you didn't know what Bitcoin was, and then Mike Tyson's all over talking about Bitcoin, you're gonna be curious. If it's not or, a Mike or Tyson, write it off immediately. Yeah, that's you don't want those polar opposites. Opposites. You well, want like, yeah. I'll tell you who we need. These are some Matt. questions we're gonna have to ask about this. So, so who would you want to be a celebrity endorsement? That's the question. Figure? Matt Damon. Oh God, Matt no. Damon. I, that's easy. He's hot right now. Matt Damon is so hot right now. Is Matt Damon hot right now? I feel like he's kind of fallen off since. The I don't day. know, man. He was in that new movie called The Martian, which I don't really get because he was an Earthling. But I kind of get it. It's a play on words. Like he wasn't. I mean, he didn't take residency on Mars, so you can't technically call him the Martian. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, a lot of new movies because I live in Brazil. But How about um, uh, Tom Cruise. No, crazy. Mm, Scientology. We got to. Nope. I don't want to touch Scientology. You think that's not Scientology? Sorry. With a ten foot pole. I heard that he actually quit. It doesn't matter. He's psychotic. He's yeah. Uh, what about Jamie person. Fox? Well, he's another black guy with a head tattoo. So that's, that's true, but it's on—it's not on his face; it's on the back of his head. Jamie Fox is an entertainer in all areas. Yeah, man. Just imagine him singing about Bitcoin on the Conan show. And he's intelligent. Yep. Except for when it comes to getting tattoos on the back of your head and accepting roles, calling him Motherfucker Jones. That, that was a good kind of movie. Oh. <laughs> it, I almost, it fits. He already talked about Bitcoin in a movie before. He it played is. that role perfectly. Yeah, and then the story could write itself. All right, picture this. I'll be Jamie Foxx. Marcello, you be, uh, you be Jimmy Fallon. Oh, come on, dude. Okay. <laughs> Who uh, has a Jimmy Fallon impersonation? Um, Jimmy Fallon just, is a pretty good one. You just have to talk really soft and like you really are unsure of what you're saying. Okay. 
Alright, alright. You be Jimmy Fallon, I'll be Jamie Foxx. It's your show, man. <laughs> what, am I interviewing you? Yeah. We're... Oh, I didn't know the setup. Okay. Okay, uh, the setup is, I just came out, I did my Jamie Foxx thing, I made some jokes, people laughed, and then you're going to say, Whoa, what's up What's up with this Bitcoin? What's up with this? See, you're doing Bitcoin. Oh, man, you're really hot right now. Like, uh, man, you're in movies and shows, and uh, uh, you had that really cool WB show that... So some people watched, uh, but now you're in Bitcoin, man. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I was in the movie. You know what I mean? It was Horrible Bosses 2. Horrible Bosses 2. That's right. The sequel. Um, and uh, they had a line in there. And I was like, I was like, Bitcoin, you know, I'm going to sell someone on the black market for Bitcoin. I was like, is this real? Is this for real? And so, so I looked it up and I was like, whoa, it is for real. Like, Bitcoin's a thing, y'all. Bitcoin's a thing. And then, you know, I started reading about it. I started reading. It's so cool. And it's, it's like money. It's like cash. But you don't really touch it. It's electronic money. You don't need a bank. I love it, man. I send money all place, all over the place. You know, I got girls in Japan. I send girls some Bitcoin. I love it. So it's like cash, but you can't touch it. Yeah, man. It's like cash, but you can't, you can't really touch it, right? But it's like on the internet. I mean, I don't really know. You can look it up. If you want to, I'm saying you could Google it, but <laughs> I love Bitcoin. I've got this Bitcoin sweater on right now. Crowd. Ooh, yeah. See, see how that goes. I think people would like if Jamie Foxx were into Bitcoin. You're not bad at the Jamie Foxx impersonation. I was about to say, that's not too bad. I happen to be <laughs> a pretty big fan. I was holding back laughing really loud. That <laughs> thing I really enjoyed it. Hey, man, I happen to be a big fan of Jamie Foxx. I'm going to make a do with a do. I like it. I'm a big fan of them too. That doesn't mean I get to do a impersonation of them. I like to impersonate people. It's the best form of flattery. I'll impersonate you one day, Corey, and you'll be like, am I talking to myself? What the fuck is going on? I probably won't like the way it sounds. Just because I don't like the way I sound. All right, before we go, I need you to impersonate Terrence Howard from Empire talking about Bitcoin. Go. This is my record label. (laughs) And at my record label, we take Bitcoin. Get out of here, cookie. (laughs) <laughs> nice was that good yeah i think every episode we're gonna have a segment of of the black guy in the show doing black impersonations i was supposed to be war machine i was war I machine was very originally. happy with that section we need to have like an introduction a nice little segue into that section of just d doing yeah like his, impersonations of different black actors every episode we're doing that okay um, who are we gonna do now? I, I can try to do James Earl Jones, but I'll get embarrassed. Well, we gotta by save myself. it. Let's save it. We gotta we'll save, save some save content it. here. I mean, don't blow your load. That's right. <laughs> the man of a thousand black impersonations. We'll be back Pre- next week. Premature impersonations. Well, let's wrap it up. So, at the BTC podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Tweet us. We'll tweet you back. I swear we will. But you got to put the at BTC podcast thing or we won't know you're talking to us. You know how to use Twitter. Um, Facebook, the Bitcoin podcast. It's a really nice blue, easy on the eye symbol. And if you type in the Bitcoin podcast, our stuff will pop up. Hit us with a like and we'll like you back. It's like we won't, but we will give you good content. Will we like them back? Maybe. We should. We, should, we could like you back. All right. Um, what else is out there in the ether? Uh, we have a SoundCloud that we update once a month to never. <laughs> uh, so if you look us up on SoundCloud, thank you. You're listening to like a two-month-old episode. I hope you hey, love it. We don't like the spam people. so Yeah. No ads in your face. Um, so thebitcoinpodcast.com. Please subscribe. Um, please Blogs like are coming back. Facebook. Say what now? The blog posts are coming back. Blog the posts are coming back. Those and loves. I've got some stuff for you guys. I've been writing the rights about Bitcoin. And also, is this a good time to plug the quiz? Because it is done. The quiz is complete. We just need to get the directions out there for the people. Yeah, man. Like two people have been asking about it. That's right. That's all we need to have a successful quiz is two people. <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. Um, you're gonna We're going to release a quiz. And you're going to take the quiz. But the thing is, is you have to take the quiz with a Gmail email because we don't want any cheating going on. I know what you're thinking. I could just make a bunch of Gmail accounts. And I'm thinking, 
you're an idiot because you have to donate to be able to win the monies for completing the quiz correctly. Okay. And so when you do donate, you need to put the same email address that you took the quiz with so that we know where to send the monies. Okay. So that means it's not a really a donation. It's a raffle. Yes. You're entering the quiz as for a chance to win all of the money donated from people entering the quiz. Absolutely. And so the more people we can get from the community to, to donate, I'm going to say donate, but I mean air quotations. Me, Corey, Cello, we aren't going to take any of this money. And we will post all the funds. We'll put the address out there so you guys can follow the funds. And at the end of the competition, that address will drop down to zero Bitcoin in it because we will have sent it to a winner. And you can check us if you want to. The beauty of having a transparent P2P currency. Okay? So we're going to put all the details out there on Reddit. And I hope you guys donate a little bit. And the more people that donate, the more money that can be won. So stop by. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, uh, next week, we have the esteemed actor from the 1994 classic American sports comedy drama film, D2 the Mighty Ducks, Mr. Brock Pierce. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, he's also a venture capitalist, too. So And quite intelligent. Yep. But Sinbad. He acted with Sinbad. He acted with Sinbad. <laughs> well, um, let's wrap it up, fellas. Yep. Play the outro. And that's the way the news goes. 